Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Teach Me Acapella podcast. I am your host, Clifton Boyd. And first of all, let me just say right now, I'm trying really, really hard uh, not to just be super starstruck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right now, I'm really trying to, <laughs> I'm really trying to just keep it calm, coolly collected, you know, and act mm-hmm. like I've been here before. But uh, I am truly, truly honored. Uh, to be sitting, uh, interviewing uh, one of my all-time favorites, somebody that I look up to, um, and he doesn't even know it, but I've watched him from a distance, and I am just humbled. Let me let me just give you a few a few uh, a few things before I say his name. Uh, Ten Grammy awards. Let me just make sure I'm you. You correct me if I'm wrong. 10 Grammy Awards, 10 Dove Awards, uh, a couple of NAACP Image Awards, a Soul Train Award. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, I am talking about none other than Mr. Mark Kibble of Take Six. How are you, sir? All right. After all the, the trumpets and grand <laughs> red carpet treatment. I think I'm going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just me, y'all. I'm just me. Just oh. me. Well, man, yeah. I, I just I, want um, you to know how much I appreciate you. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> uh, that's all. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start right here. The, uh, the, the official word for take six is, yeah, 10 Grammys. We officially have eight. And two of which we worked with, uh, we worked on Grammy winning projects. Okay. So, um, uh, and I have won more Grammy on my own. So, so they would say I have 11 mm. and I say I have nine. <laughs> All right. All right. So, you know, the, I count those other two if you want to, but officially on the books, I have nine statues on my, on my uh, mantle. So there you go. Wonderful. That's wonderful. That is that is so cool. That is so cool. But, you know, beyond all of that, I I really want to say just how, uh, you know, just the small time that we've interacted, how um, humble you are. And I think that speaks that speaks beyond any any Grammy, anything. I mean, just being personable, being a person that that is approachable. Um, I reached out to you and uh, I just. I really thank you for for doing this because for oh, me, no problem. This is a uh, it's a dream come true. You know, you don't know, but I was speaking with a gentleman that I'm going to talk about a little later, uh, and I was telling him when I started this podcast, the Teach Me Acapella podcast. I was telling him, I said, "Man, you know what my ultimate goal is?" I said, "My ultimate goal is to interview someone like like Mark Kibble from Take Six or or, or something like that." You know, I really wanted to to get there. In my mind, when I said that, that was so far fetched, but 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 I just felt like I could do that eventually. But uh, I wasn't thinking. Of course you can. Yeah, I wasn't thinking though. Uh, you know, like I said, that's that was a dream. That was a dream of mine. <laughs> that was my ultimate goal. And I've been doing this podcast now for about five or six months, and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to him. like this is. This is a dream come true for me. So <laughs> it's, it's all good, man. I'm just like I meet you on the street. You ask me any questions, I'll give you answers. That's wonderful. I'm I'm just regular old dude, man. That's all. That's all. So what you got? 
What you got? All right. Well, I, I wanted to start this thing out basically, but but with you kind of sharing with us uh, some things about yourself for those who may not know who Mark Kibble is. You know, uh, you know what what shaped this? You know, such a talent as far as one who writes, produces, and arranges, and wears all these different hats. Um, you know, where you know if you can give us a brief brief backstory before the before the take six, Mark Kibble. Now, before the take six. Yes. Yes. Well. That's 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 a long time ago. That was last century. <laughs> oh man! Well, let's start with like maybe where were you born? Yeah, Do you have any siblings? You know, oh, man. Okay, well, we'll start all the way back at the beginning. I'm I'm a New Yorker. Man. I, okay. I was born in Bronx, New York, and my parents lived on Long Island. Um, I, I lived in Boston, Massachusetts, and. Bridgeport, Connecticut, and Buffalo, New York. I, I mostly grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Because my, my dad's a pastor. He moved around a lot early on. So, um, yeah. So, early start, Buffalo, where, you know, Buffalo, that church was so musical. It was just insane. I My, my mind just absolutely blew up right there. Mm. And um, met some of the, some of the, uh, some greatest musicians, you know, Brian McKnight was there at that church too. Oh, wow. Part of that church. I knew him when he was a, a wee little kid. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Claude also grew up in that uh, church and mm-hmm. I knew him as well. And, um, but the, the person that introduced me to music besides my parents, obviously was, uh, one, my grade school teacher and principal. His name is Alan Johnson, the late, Alan Johnston, mm. and um, you know he got got me started learning how to sing and uh, and just uh, exploring my own gift. Uh, my dad loved quartet music, so I grew up listening to that. And I think I was probably uh, six, seven years old, six or seven years old when I sang in my first quartet that was mm. led by just group of, uh, of us yeah <laughs> no instruction from any adult <laughs> just doing what we do right and um uh so yeah i went to, to to grade school had a group there you know just doing stuff that i'd heard before and you know anytime i got uh i started uh, doing quartet music i always like to add something new and fresh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um it was at that I did that in high school and then in my last year of high school is when the group started. Um, where Claude McKnight, I mentioned him before. Um, he went to school at Oakwood college, which is Oakwood university now. And I was still in high school at the high school there, Oakwood Academy. And he started a quartet and he was, they were rehearsing in the bathroom of an auditorium. Mm. And um, and I walked in and added a fifth part to what they were doing, making it different. They said, "Oh, you got to sing with us!" So maybe <laughs> we went right up on stage and and did it. And um, and then you know they invited me into the group, so I started arranging for them. You know, and that was the uh, essence and kernel of what of the beginning of what we are now. And uh, it was not too long after that. I did probably two or three arrangements for five people, and then. Um, I said, you know what? It'd be better if we had six. Bring in one more person. Yeah. And I brought in the great Mervyn Warren, mm. who had who I'd been working with before in his group and other groups. Right. I knew that he would, 
you know, be able to sing the stuff that I'm arranging and add something, bring something to the table. He's also arranging producer. And, um, uh, uh, that, that we formulated what, what is now take six with all the early arrangements, but you know, it started way back then. I was yeah. what 17 years old. Wow. Wow. So, Wow. Yeah, that's so, that's basically how the group got started. So 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 Mervin uh, at first Mr. Warren was wasn't he initially the 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 first the first uh first tenor of the group? No. And oh okay. No. So what was his what what was was what was his uh range in the group because I thought that after the group kind of shifted yeah. that the word the voices had to shift. Yeah, Merv was never a first tenor. Oh, okay. Merv, Merv in fact Claude sings first tenor. Mm-hmm. I sing under him, which would be second tenor. Merv sang third tenor. Oh, okay. I did not All know through, that. Yeah, that's right. So you know, I know Merv. He's got a personality that makes you feel like he's the he's the main leader and he's out I front. Thought, I thought. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> not for this group. He's got. He's got a. Uh, and you know, I'm not taking anything away from him because he's a great, awesome arranger. Some of yes. the classic arrangements were done by him and. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a great producer, obviously. Yes. Um, and you know, he and I worked together since we were sophomores in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cut our teeth together, learning the learning music. And um, uh, he had an early group in in high school, and so did I. We were in each other's group. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, but when to Murph's credit. When we were in college, uh, he came up with uh, his group was called A Special Blend, which okay. is two girls and two guys. Claude was the guy. I was the guy. And I have a cousin, Joya Foster is now Joya Folletti, and another distant cousin, Lori Bryant. Mm. We made up that, that quartet. Merv didn't even sing. He would just played and, and, and arranged and did the music. Right. The music. So, but before anything was going on uh i think it was probably our my sophomore year and sophomore or junior year in college that we uh and i'll say he but i was his right hand man produced an a stellar project mm. nobody had ever done that in college before mm. so wow so uh and it it has uh notoriety even to this day um so, so a special blend again was his group, and at the same time, he was singing in what was Alliance at the time. Right. Okay. Which was my group. I got <laughs> so, you. I got you. So you know, but but we worked together. We worked. We were we were teammates and and made everything what it is. So you know, I have so much respect for that dude because he's done so much, so much stuff, and you know, um, always glad to work work next to him. That's awesome. That's awesome. I uh, I hear now that, well, I, I say here like I heard it from somebody. I read <laughs> that you uh, is, is, is quite the athlete. You're quite the athlete as well. Or, or was maybe the <laughs> athlete? Uh, I don't know. I, I said I might have to challenge Mark to a game of basketball or something. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I, I put my basketball shoes away. <laughs> so I'm too old, man. <laughs> you know, I got to a point. You know what I did do? Um, I was into bodybuilding probably 20, 22 years, 22 years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, I was, I was really going strong at it. Um, you know, I think I maxed out at benching 455. Wow. Huge, huge back then. Wow. And then, you know, uh, I, I kept on, but eventually I, um, I fell and messed up my shoulder. And, wow. you know, and, you know, I think I tore a rotator cuff. So from then, you know, I had to give it up for a little while. Then I, then I started having back issues, lower back issues. And the lower back issues are what made me stop playing ball. Cause yeah. I would just all, I would just be on the court and just that bent over position. Mm-hmm. My back would just like, Oh no, you ain't doing that. Oh my goodness. So I gave it up. I, I gave know. it up. I know what you mean. So, so what I do now, I run. Okay. I, you know, I still, I will go back and work out. I just don't work heavy anymore. Right. You know, uh, I do what I can. I'm, I'm getting old and, you know, after you turn 50, things change. You get new aches and pains just from, you. I turn my head and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> that, you, I know you ain't there yet. But when you do, just know when you pass 50, that's when stuff just starts going. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I, you're right. I'm not 50 yet, but I'm but I'm pushing it. I'm 41. Well, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you far away. I can tell. I already knew that. How do you have to tell me? I know. So I'm I'm 58, dude. So I'm like, wow. you know. So wow. still, you don't still look trying it. to do stuff and hang in there, man. Hey, God is good. God, God is, is good. Yeah. But I tell you, you know, it's funny you said that because uh, when I was reading that, uh, you know, I I, I kind of knew some of your take six story not to the you know details but i you know i'm a fan so of course i i knew some some stuff but uh i started reading all the you know you know you was a sports guy and this and that and basketball and i was like man that kind of sounds like me and then you said and i got into bodybuilding i was like oh my gosh i said it was destined that i talked to this dude because that's exactly what i i got into i got into bodybuilding my dad uh i i, I I pretty much my mom and dad. My mom was a runner. My dad was a bodybuilder. So yeah. I grew up in the nice. gym for the most part. I mean, the gym that we go to now, I've been there since I was in the nursery. So, nice. yeah, so I've been there that long and uh, the same guys own it. So, I mean, it's all like a big family. But uh, I got into the bodybuilding and I wasn't pushing 455. I got to 405. Yeah, I was all nice. there. You got nice. me you, That's serious. That's serious. <laughs> so I got pretty big. I was weighing about two fifty. You know, I got uh-huh. solid. Uh-huh. I got solid. Yeah. But uh, but I like you in the gym. I ended up injuring my back. I was squatting, and I didn't uh-huh. stretch properly. Uh, and I ended up, you know, my ego was going because I was strong. I was feeling good, and uh, ended up hurting my back. And mm-hmm. after that, I tell anybody once you hurt that back. I don't care how strong you are. <laughs> that back will bring you to your knees, boy. I'm telling you. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> you know, I'm careful about everything I do because of my back now. Yes, sir. Everything. Yes, sir. You know, I'm I'm out here, you know, I obviously you see them in a lot of woods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just had a huge tree to fall. So I got to, you know, I cut it up. And, um, you know, I got to be careful lifting the wood. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, everything you do, you have to be careful, man. You know, so true. So Anything true. Can happen. That's so true. So I wanted to uh, tell you about my little 
almost meeting Mark Kibble big story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, you know, you, 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 if, if you ain't got one fan, you definitely got one in me. I'm telling you, because oh, I'm, I'm definitely I'm a fan. Perfect. But uh, I, I know, uh, well, I don't, I can't say I really know him, but I had met Roger Ryan. Yeah. And, and so let me just tell you real quickly how I met him. This was way back when MySpace was the thing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I was on MySpace and I, I ran across Roger's uh, page. I didn't know who he was, but all I knew is I saw a nice uh, studio, like a basement studio. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. I was like, man, that's so, so cool. You know, I mean, it was just neat how he was building it up. And this was so this was way back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm the type of person that I, I believe in, in smart chances. Uh, I'll take a chance. You know, uh, I said, I'm going to take a chance and just reach out to him. I said, and just ask him and inquire about his building of his studio. Cause at the time I was trying to do the same thing with my home studio and things. And so um, I said, you know, the worst thing he can tell me is no, he don't want to talk to me or, you know, just not answer, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that, if that's the worst. Then I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm taking this chance. I reach out to him. I tell him all about me and, you know, it was great, similar to how I reached out to you. And he says, yeah, man, he hits me back. He says, yeah, man, it's all good. Give me a call. And he sent me his number. And I said, mm-hmm. and in my head, I'm thinking there ain't no way he, he just put his real number <laughs> on the Internet yeah. to me. I said, there's <laughs> no way. I said, there's no way. But I said, you know what? I'm going to, you know, what I got to lose. I give him a call and he says, uh, this is Roger. <laughs> and I said, oh, I was I was blown away. So mm-hmm. I got a chance. We, we began to, to, to communicate. And uh, I think I'm, I may be getting it wrong, but I think his engineer was Jeff Pitzer at the time. I think his name yeah, is Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, man, I was telling him about an album that I was putting together that's been released since. But and I was like, man, you know. I, I really want somebody to listen. He was like, man, send it to my engineer. He was like, he'll take a listen. So I sent it to him and Jeff was like, man, this thing sounds good. I mean, he was giving me props and I was thinking, I, I, you know, <laughs> I was blown away, really. I was just like, this is great. So mm-hmm. long story short, he says, man, you ought to come to where I am and uh, just hang out, you know? And I was like, I was like, who, who says that? I, I was just like, Really? He was like, yeah, you know, he said, as a matter of fact, if you get down here, I'll take you around to, to Mark's studio. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, like, like Mark Kibble? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, the, like the Mark Kibble? He was like, yeah, yeah, man, I've been in, you know. So long story short, that was my close call of standing next to the legend, Mark Kibble. Uh, <laughs> it, it never it never happened because um, at the time, you know, I was. In the beginning of my marriage, uh, my wife, we had just had a new baby. And, you know, I couldn't just be up and say, hey, got to go. You know, there you, go. you know, my, my priorities were straight. Thank God at the time. Mm-hmm. And thank so I God. said, I said, no, uh, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, so it never happened. But uh, and since then, you know, I don't we haven't communicated as much. But, you know, we're friends on Instagram and stuff. But um, that was my that was my close call. So I felt like. It was just destined. I, and from that point, I said, you know what? I really think I'm going to meet this man one day. <laughs> I, I just I'm felt easy, like, man. 
I just felt like um, it was I am gonna so happen. easy. You 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 could have met me anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> just just reach out. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So let 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 me ask you this. So um, when it comes to arranging, this is the questions that I really wanted to get into because okay. I'm an arranger myself. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to arranging, help me with your process. What what is your process? Uh, and I'm talking about from sitting down to putting it into the software, what software you use. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, I know the people that listen to this podcast, these are the things that I know that they probably would want to know. As I told you, I, I signed with okay. an acapella group called Chosen. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes. oh, man, let I'm me tell you, I, I'm telling you, that was one of the best times of my life. And exactly. we look to you guys there's a man by the name of Kelvin Alexander. I would love for you guys to meet. Mm-hmm. I look at you and I look at him as one and the same as far as talent. You guys are just y'all on a whole nother level yeah, when it comes to that. Well, I tell you, I um he he put a group together of young young men uh called Chosen. And mm-hmm. he's he was one of the main arrangers and everything of that group. And mm-hmm. um just to watch his process and how he arranged was so was so cool. So I, I just wanted to see what is your process? What do you do? What equipment you use and things like that? Okay. Well, you know, obviously I've been doing this long before software was the thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So um, it, it, it more often than not happens in my head first, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, um, I'll take an idea or, you know, even if it's an original song, um, which often it is, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I just kind of hear the feel of it. You know, if it's a song that's already done, I will, ex- you know, one thing about me, um, I don't care what the song is. I can mm-hmm. always in my head hear it being done a cappella. Yes, me too. Got that? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, from there, I will, I'll say, okay, just because I heard it that way, does it have to be that way? Or should I make it a different flavor, a different style? Mm. And I go through the, in my head, a bunch of different styles of how it could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whichever one, you know, rings the, the attention bell is probably the direction I'll go. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's sometimes it's real easy. Sometimes I have to think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But once I have the idea, then I can go to the keyboard and and work out the details. And um, for the software that I've, I've I use Logic, okay, um, to not only uh, to arrange in, but I I use that for our entire recording. And my engineer. Marcel Pino, who's actually the one to turn me on to it, uh, mixes in it. We do logic all the way from beginning to end. Really? So, um, for so in in doing it for for me, I will uh, chart out what I'm going to do on the keys because mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of times, sometimes if I'm doing a, a background arrangement for somebody, I actually don't have to even go to the keys. I will. I will just start singing parts because I yeah. can hear it in my head. I know what I'm going to do. So, but for the detailed stuff, I always work that stuff out on the keyboard. And um, 
And then when it's time to go in, um, basically I'm just singing the top part to the bottom part. And I usually stack it once and hit them left and right. Um, the, the first pass of what I do sets the tone for the flavor of everything else. So I always, I take my time to make sure that that is what it's supposed to be. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, stack, putting the rest of the parts, you know, on it is really a piece of cake. It gets real easy and real fast after that. Right. You know, if it's detailed stuff, you know, um, going through the parts, I, I watch them on the keyboard and that gives me my guide to know where to go with it. Sometimes it does get complicated and, um, you know, it's, it's fun to do the complicated stuff, right? but it, it just takes a little time, you know, <laughs> but, you know I got to make sure it's right. So, um, so, uh, but all that stuff is laid out for me. I'll, I'll, you know, sequence it, make sure that it's, it's what it's supposed to be. And of course, you know, usually if it's done, uh, usually there's, you know, pretty steady rhythm underneath. So, Right. Uh, the clicks help. But if it's not, you know, oftentimes I will, you know, um, I will adjust the uh, the tempo of the song before I get started. Mm -hmm. you know, I'll sing, sing it through and adjust the tempo accordingly. If it slows down, then I allow the tempo to follow the way that I feel it's supposed to be sung. So um, that way, you know, the, the click in will stay with me and I'll always have the guide to know exactly when to hit. And as, as far as the recording is concerned, huh? um, I usually sing everything down before anybody else gets on it. I see. And, you know, now, you know, before we had to go be all be in the studio, we would you know all come to my studio in Nashville and record right. there. And we'd still have that guy, but I wouldn't have to sing everybody's part. I'll be teaching it to them. You sing right. this, you sing that. But now everybody has a studio. Right. So so basically I'll sing this stuff down and then I'll send it to everybody and you just follow your part and add your part. You know, right. you have your guide, you know, make sure you get your junk right. Right. <laughs> <Back to me>. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And um, so, you know, there it is that's pretty much the process. You know, after that, you know, I'll I'll do a pre-mix and then I send it to my mixer, Marcelo. And, mm. you know, he, he'll do his magic on it. I'll go and sit with him, make sure everything is cool. Yeah. Finished product. Man, that's, that's, I love it. That's, that's wonderful. You know, the cool thing, and, and one of the things I want people to, to hear on this is that, you know, you guys, I know you got the Grammys and all that stuff and, and it's wonderful, but y'all's process if you're if you are a visionary, a writer, a ranger, you know, sometimes the process is very similar. <laughs> you know, I you know, mm -hmm. and, and when I when I think about that, you know, I know everybody wants to know how you do this and how you do that as if there was some, you know, magical <laughs> thing outside of just sitting down and, you know, coming up with the 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 song, but but it's very similar to 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 the mm -hmm. same thing yeah. that we that we do. Um being <clears throat> members of the the Church of Christ, you know, we don't use any instrumental, you know, music uh, within our worship service. Not that not that we can't do it, you know, um, within oh, our yeah. studio and stuff. But within Which our I worship know. service, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't we don't use any. So uh, 
a lot of the stuff, like you were saying, you can hear something, but you can hear it acapella, you know, uh, in your mind. You can already hear mm-hmm. that song being sung acapella. And so the way, just the way myself arranges and all the members of Chosen that write and arrange is uh, we just hear those chords. And I, I remember writing a song one time and it wasn't an instrumental song. Uh, a gentleman was playing the keyboard and he came over and I, I said, I got a song and I'm, I was entering a, a singing contest. I I, uh, I said, I, I can't. He came over with his keyboard and I, he said, so how's it go? I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have anything. <laughs> I said, I have it, but it's all in my head. I said, now I can sing you the notes. And uh, he was like, OK. And thank God he was talented enough to, to pick that up just right off the keyboard. But I was just going. You know, and he was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay." You know, I, that's that's a C or this is a you know, and he just mm-hmm, played mm-hmm. it, and we came up with the song that way. Um, but the process, like I said, is just so is just so similar. And my yeah. question though, before we we left, was um, you said you were recording, you do all y'all's recording and things in Logic, and I just wanted to ask you about that because uh, right now I'm in Pro Tools. But I had thought about switching over to Logic. Is the is the workflow to you seem a little easier within Logic than it does within Pro Tools? For me, it is. Um, you know, um, I don't use Pro Tools. I've messed with it a little bit. But I would say whatever DAW you know well mm-hmm. is the one for you. Because okay. ultimately, you know, it's about getting your music out there. Right. And... You know, if you don't want to get bogged down in the technical technicalities of the DAW, then just use what you know. Right. You know, uh, for instance, um, uh, Merv uses Digital Performer, as always, you know, and, and that's his thing. That's what, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Digital Performer. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but I know they all pretty much do the same thing. So, right. you know, the only thing about Logic is that I've heard is that as far as creating, you know, uh, instrumental tracks and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, it is a lot more uh, user-friendly and intuitive than Pro Tools. Um, and because I start with that, and I also do a lot of instrumentation, instrumental uh, backing stuff as well. So, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, it, it just, it's always worked for me. So, you know, but I, I don't, I don't discount anybody's dog. They just use what works for you. <laughs> right. I got you. I got you. Well, one of the things I wanted to share with, with the listeners that, that listen to this podcast is that when, especially when it comes to acapella, now sometimes, um, like you said, different, uh, digital workstations, you know, if you're doing instrumentation, some may be a little easier, more user-friendly to use than others because, you know, that some of them come with that stuff already in it. You know, you don't have to go and buy a pack or nothing like that. It's already in there. You just use it. But right. especially when it comes with acapella, um, you know, I have noticed that it doesn't take a lot of expensive equipment, I guess I should say, to, to, to do what you need to do. And I think people need to um, understand that because, you know, when we hear you guys, I mean, first of all, I mean, the quality and things are are great, but that goes a lot with 
be having people that can actually sing, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so, you know, you got to get it right at the source first, but anyway, yeah, right. um, but you know, when we hear that quality, it's like, wow. And, and I think the first thing that most people think of is equipment. And, mm. uh, and so I, I, I just kind of want to be able to share with, with people that is listening that it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a whole lot. You know, now you do need a mic, you do need a doll, you need the basics. But after that, especially when it comes with acapella, one of the things that we do is uh, we use live, uh, we use our own mouth for those percussions, just like you guys. Uh, but one mm-hmm. of the things that I do is I, I I I save all those percussion sounds, you know, the kick, everything that we've made. I save them in a in a folder, mm-hmm. and anytime we need that sound. Just like I would pull a sound if it was an actual drum kit or something from, you know, yeah. I just go pull that natural sound that we made with our mouth and stick it in and uh, lock it to a grid and copy it out, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I got it, you know, that's so right. it doesn't it doesn't take a whole a whole lot. And I think that's one of the things that I want people to to understand from this podcast um, is that it doesn't take a whole lot to do what you need to do, especially when it comes to acapella music. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I guess the thing is, people are getting very creative this day and age. I've been, you know, listening to the 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 progression of beatboxing. Mm-hmm. People are just absolutely mind blowing with what they can do. Yeah, absolutely mind blowing. So, you know, and we can't touch all that stuff. That's the <laughs> young cats, you know. The, <laughs> you know, at, every generation gets more intuitive, and you know, right. And creative, so I'm I'm always I'm blown away with what people are able to do. Um, but ultimately, you just want to you want to create the music that you got inside you, you know, right. whatever that is, you know. So I I encourage it, you know. If you find a new way to do stuff, by all means, you know. As far as the equipment is concerned, we try to use quality, you know, microphones, quality A to D converters, and you know. Um, you know, preamps, all that, you know, it all matters, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've dealt with sometimes when we're not in the most, you know, the, the best recording situation and you deal with room noise and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, so if you can avoid that, then that's better. That'll definitely yeah. be better. True. So, you know, which is, which is kind of why we built the studio. So we, we're, we know that we have a, a quiet environment to work out and there's not going to be, you know, machine noise going on. So, Right. Um, all all that stuff matters if you can get into the, the quiet environment, you know. And and you know, my daughter records. She's she's and she's just in an apartment, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's still able to get a great sound. Right. So you know, it's it's very doable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know. But if you can get to the quiet place, get to use use good stuff if you can. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, I don't want to keep you too too much longer. Um, but you know, the guess, game's coming on, and we ain't missing I, I, that. You know, that's right. I'm in front of that. <laughs> Me and my son, we in front mm-hmm. of that. He's he's ten, mm-hmm. and you know, he's ready. So we we mm-hmm. and my daughter too. She's twelve, and she's ready. So I nice. can't miss that. Right, then. <laughs> we had to establish that fact. Yes. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We ain't sir. running up into that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, what what's what's next with 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 yourself and, and take six and you know what 
what do you guys got got coming up that maybe we can look out for? We always have irons in the fire, you know. Um, a pandemic sure took its toll on us. Um, right. You know, we were on the road heavy right when it came. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, take six, we do several different types of shows. Um, some are with other artists. We've done one, done a, a series with Manhattan Transfer. We've done a series that, that uh, uh, oh, I can't can slip my mind that quick. But uh, Ray Charles, we do a Ray Charles show, and we do our own show, you know, and uh, and of course tailor made to whatever the gig is about. Sometimes we're doing you know churches or religious events, and you know all the way back to the, the complete Christian repertoire, and then mm-hmm. sometimes we're doing clubs, and you know we do a lot of jazz stuff, some R and B stuff, you know, as you you know if you. You're a real Take Six fan, you know we've done a little bit. I already know. I already know. So, <laughs> you know. So in the future, you know, we're we're definitely we're already talking about doing uh, two different shows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually three. We're doing a show that that's orchestral. With, you mm-hmm. know, so we can go and do stuff with orchestras. You know, we've done it mm-hmm. before. But we're going to build a a real one, real bonafide you know, new arrangement stuff for with orchestra. We're doing stuff with, you know, uh, the, the same uh, contingency that did the Ray Charles show. We're going to do another one, you know, uh, with, you know, maybe doing the music of, of Stevie and um, and a couple of other artists. Nice. And we're doing our own show. So, you know, all those things, we're, we're, we're about to jump knee deep into it. Yeah. And on top of that, I am I have accepted a an adjunct professorship at Vanderbilt University. So All I'm right. also going to be teaching um uh private voice and uh directing their jazz ensemble. So nice, nice. That, that happens in the fall. Thank you. That happens in the fall and it'll happen for a year and I'll see if I like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's know, good stuff. so there's a lot of things going on. Nice, very nice, very nice. Well, Mr. Kibble, Mr. Mark, the Mark Architect <laughs> Kibble, um, I want to just tell you, you know, from the heart, I truly appreciate you taking the time out um, to, to speak with me. I am truly, 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 truly grateful. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just humbled. I'm just humbled that you were able to take the time out to sit down. I could pick your brain a little bit. And uh, and then we could go watch the game. So I'm 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 really humbled by that. So I just want to tell you, thank well, you. I'm humbled that you even asked. So, you know, thanks for thanks for asking. Yes, sir. This is Teach Me Acapella, Mr. Mark Kibble. Y'all have a blessed night. Peace.